Before we begin our podcast, we would like to advise the audience that this episode contains content on gun violence and discusses the Pulse nightclub shooting and the Christchurch shooting. If these issues may affect you, we encourage you to seek professional support and you can also call your local crisis helpline. Australian audiences can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. This city has had a summer of... Since 1990, the number of gun deaths worldwide has reached 6.5 million. Three quarters of gun deaths occur in just 15 It is clear that this can now only be described as a terrorist. People start rushing out, running out, and the door is closed, and, and they got 10 on them and start shooting them. The breaking news out of Orlando, the terror attack on a gay nightclub. Right now, at least 20 are dead, maybe more. The shooter also dead. Police say that he was well prepared. Hello and welcome back to Social Triggers. We are your hosts, Jamison and Tilly, and today we are discussing gun violence with a focus on the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in Florida, USA, and the 2019 Christchurch shooting in Christchurch, New Zealand. So to start us off today, Jamison will discuss what gun violence is. Okay, thanks Tilly. Well, we'll start with gun violence is defined as violence involving the use of firearms. To give you some statistics, more than 500 people die every day and an estimated 2,000 are injured. So it's also really interesting to look at who are the victims and who are the perpetrators of gun violence. So the large majority of victims and perpetrators are young men, but women are particularly at risk of firearm violence, including sexual violence inflicted by an intimate partner. Gun violence is not limited to a particular group or gender, but in certain situations, it disproportionately impacts communities of colour, women and other marginalised groups in society. So although anybody can really be a victim, it really does just impact certain groups more. Yeah, it does. Um, A really good example of how it impacts a marginalised group is that um, people of African-American communities in America, particularly young black men, are most at risk of gun violence. So in 2017, 14,542 people lost their lives in firearm homicides in the US and African-American communities accounted for 58.5% of these statistics, but only make up 13% of the US population. It's really also interesting to note that American civilians have over half of the world's civilian firearms access, and um, the other half attribute to other many countries such as India and Yemen. And the impacts of gun violence are also far-reaching, so gunshot injuries are often really life-changing and have a permanent impact on the victim's life. And also the trauma from gun violence has resulted in both physical and mental health problems for the victims. And the toll that gun violence has on victims, family members, public medical services and why society is greatly impactful really does affect everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, and gun violence also is really prevalent when governments and societies have systematic structures and cultures that make firearms easier to access and easier to cause harm. So as a result of the impact and prevalence of gun violence, a variety of government responses and policy reforms have occurred. Some of these responses have been really effective and others haven't been so effective. So we've seen a really good example of effective government um, gun violence reform after the Christchurch mosque shootings, for example, the New Zealand country's parliament voted almost unanimously in favour of banning military-style semi-automatic weapons. That's good. However, in the US, for example, we've seen really limited political reform and 
limited change of public culture around gun violence. So the Columbine High School shooting occurred um, nearly two decades ago and similarly in 2018 another school shooting occurred at Parkland in Florida. And then we've seen some really effective use of gun violence reforms in Australia where only four mass, where four mass shootings occurred between 1987 and 1996. And after those incidents, the government passed effective gun law reforms and has resulted in no mass shootings in Australia today. So therefore, government society systems can shape the culture and construction of gun violence. So I'll pass it over to you, Tilly, and you can talk to our audience a bit about um, more specific cases of gun violence. Okay, so now we're going to discuss uh, two specific cases, the Christchurch mosque shootings in New Zealand and the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. So we'll start off with the mosque shootings in New Zealand. So this one occurred on the 15th of March 2019 when a man, his name was Brenton Brenton uh, Tarrant. Yeah, that was it. Sorry, had a bit of a mind blank. Uh, he entered two mosques and opened fire during Friday prayers, prayers in Christchurch, New Zealand. 49 people were pronounced dead and a further 48 people injured. Wow. The two mosques were the Linwood Islamic Centre and El Noor Mosque. Um, uh, he, uh, Tarrant is actually an Australian. Uh, he was from Grafton. Uh, he, uh, it wasn't just him that was charged in the... Uh, were there two other perpetrators? Yeah, there were actually. They were charged with uh, intent to incite hostility or ill will. Not too sure what that actually means, but at least there were others charged. Um, so Tarrant parked his vehicle adjacent to the street and began opening fire on the victims inside the mosques. There were explosives found on nearby vehicles but were diffused by authorities. Uh, following the initial incident, security guards were sent to hotels um, and police were deployed to places of public interest such as memorial shopping centres and hospital hospitals as they thought that there were other planned attacks at those type of places. Um, the context of the shooting and an important point to include is that Christchurch had a known white supremacist subculture. The shooting was broadcast and live streamed on Facebook and a manifesto was also posted online containing far-right anti-immigration rhetoric. So to contrast this is the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, the perpetrator Omar Mateen was a Muslim man who pledged his allegiance to IS. Uh, both shootings were perpetrated by radicalised men However, one had radicalised views on white supremacy and targeted Muslim civilians, and the other had radicalised views on Western society and targeted US LGBT plus civilians. Wow, can you speak more about the Pulse nightclub shooting? Uh, sure can. So the Pulse nightclub shooting occurred on the 12th of June 2016. This shooting killed 49 and injured a further 53 people. It is considered one of the most deadliest shootings in US history. It's now behind the uh, Las Vegas shooting at the music festival that occurred. Um, so the attack began at 2am around the time that last drinks were being served. At this time, the teen opened fire on 
300 people inside of the club with his Sig Suar MCX semi-automatic rifle and a 9mm Glock 17 semi-automatic pistol. So to give you guys a little bit of context, a Sig Suar MCX lets off 850 rounds per minute. Wow. Like considering that it's amazing, like it's shocking that 49 people were killed and more people were injured, but it is actually amazing that more people were hurt by the attack. So um, the majority of victims were Hispanic due to the club holding a Latin night on the particular night. So Mateen was shot and killed by police in the bathroom of the club after a lengthy standoff between Mateen and the Orlando Police Department. In a 911 call that Mateen made during the shooting, he actually pledged his allegiance to the leader of the Islamic State and that the assassination of Abu Wahib in Iraq was the trigger for his attack. However, it's actually since been disclosed that Mateen himself may have actually identified as gay. Okay, so he might be seeing some internalised homophobia there. Yes, so there's a, there's a few reasons why they think this shooting occurred, but... Interesting. So now that we've had some context on gun violence and we've sort of delved into the two shootings, we're going to have a quick break and jump back into the dynamics and theories. You're back with social triggers. So I'm going to start with talking about the theories, concepts and knowledge we can draw upon. So one thing we can draw upon is socialisation, so the process of which we require our beliefs and attitudes. So we can see that the two perpetrators have acquired acquired different set of beliefs, so one being anti-Islamic and also anti-immigration and also white supremacy views with the perpetrator of the New Zealand attack. And then contrastingly, the perpetrator of the Pulse nightclub shooting, we see anti-LGBT plus rhetoric and we also see extreme terrorist views. So one thing we can look at is social constructionism. So even though the two shootings had the same number of deaths, we portrayed the perpetrators quite differently. So the Pulse nightclub shooting perpetrator was more easily described as a terrorist compared to the perpetrator of the New Zealand Christchurch shooting. We can also look at ecological systems theory, so the context of which these perpetrators were able to commit the crimes they did. So their individuality, their family context, their societal context such as their education and workplaces, and also their wider law, media and cultural context. We can also look at structural theory, so how the structures in society allow them to firstly access the weapons, such as government, policy and law, and also the wider social structures in which allowed them to acquire these beliefs that justified their actions. We can also look at feminist theory with gun violence. As the main perpetrators and victims are men, there is some element that gender may be a part of the prevalence of gun violence. So I'm going to pass over to Tilly who's going to talk about the dynamics. So the dynamics that surround gun violence vary widely and expose the social, cultural, emotional and physical dynamics that define the victim-offender relationship. We're going to look at this more closely through the dynamics surrounding the Christchurch shooting now. So Islam is practiced by 46,000 New Zealanders with 3,000 of those residing in Christchurch. This may give some perspective as to why Christchurch 
was the target for this terror attack. Uh, it also was an ideal place as the uh, the perpetrator developed his radicalised views within that place as well. So he used his far-right extremism, Islamophobia, as, as a motive for the shooting. Uh, due to him live streaming the shooting on Facebook, you were able to see how the offender and the victims reacted to the shooting. So Tarrant was very calm. He knew what he was doing. He seemed to get a lot of joy out of what he was doing as well, whilst the victims were scared and didn't know what to do. Uh, he had an intent to continue killing more people by going to other mosques around Christchurch, but he was arrested before he could do so. So the, offend so the offender actually visited Pakistan a few years prior to committing the shooting and his friends actually believe that's where he got his anti-Islamic views. So evidence really heavily shows that he got, he really planned out these attacks as the ammunition had suspected white supremacy symbols written all over them and the attacks were planned in advance as the offender did admit that he chose his targeted places before the attacks. So now I'm going to discuss the Pulse nightclub dynamics. So Mateen was actually a regular at the club, which does highlight his possible gay identity. Uh, so he had a possible relationship breakdown with a Latin man, which could be the reason why he chose Latin night which meant he would target Hispanic people along with the LGBT plus community, which he so obviously had a problem with. So he was actually a prison guard for Florida's Department of Corrections, but he was fired for making jokes about guns. The company did two screenings on him and he did not raise any red flags. He even passed the psychological test. So Mateen's ex-wife, also stated that he was mentally unstable and mentally ill. The father witnessed Mateen becoming angry after witnessing a gay couple kissing in front of his family, again highlighting his internalised homophobia and why Pulse was his target. So that's the end of our podcast for today. You'll catch us next time. This has been Social Triggers.